going to help us to Colossians, the third chapter. And this, this morning, just for a few minutes, I want to talk a little bit about the power of the song or the power of music or the ability to move heaven and to shake earth with the songs that we sing, with the lyrics that we know, with those things that have become dear to us. And we notice that even in this secular world, there are songs like Amazing Grace that are synopsis with victory. And I was at a U2 concert, and they closed their concert out by singing Amazing Grace. So our music, the church music, has impacted the world. It's impacted us. And just for a few minutes this morning, I'd like to share, because I do have the little ones going to help me this morning, I want to begin with a scripture. You don't have to go there. Zechariah 3 and 17, it asks a question. Is that a joyous choir I hear? No, it's the Lord exalting over you in happy song. And that's crazy to know. Daniel and Job both said, ye shall have a song in the night. It's crazy to know that God didn't take lessons from us, but we took lessons from God. That God right now is singing over you and, and, and making your day special, making your moment special. I, uh, I was blessed last week when the kids went to uh, uh, Florida. Uh, they texted me and said that, that Skyler had been saying my name all day long, Papa, Papa, Papa. And, you know, I, I don't know why that just touched me and made me, made me cry. I mean, I mean it, it really was a, it were, was a moment. It was a Walt Disney moment. I took a picture of it. And, uh, but I was thinking about how many times do you think God just longs for us to say his name, just, just to call out his name, to speak his name. In Zechariah 3 and 17, it says that he sings over us. And I wonder this morning, if God were to sing over you, what would be the verbiage, what would be his vocabulary, his vernacular that he would share? If you'll bring Skylar this morning, I'm going to do a little um, illustrated uh, song of the Lord here. Here she comes. Here she comes. Hello. 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 Give the baby, give everybody, everybody gets hanged up, praise day. Uh, what, what a powerful thought or a powerful, just, just the idea that God is singing over us. And uh, in Colossians 3 and 15, I want to share about three or four verses there, if I may. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks unto him, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Now, I've asked the guys if they would just also turn over to uh, uh, was it Ephesians 3, where it says, verse 15 says, 
uh, be not drunk with wine, words of success, but be filled with spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. Okay, so here's two passages of Scripture that declares that we are to go into three categories of music, and we are to sing to one another to build up the body, to encourage the body. And those three, those three areas that we are supposed to sing in are psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We, uh, since the history of Harvest, Pastor David, we've always sang psalms. There's always been, uh, I was trying to think of a psalm just kind of, uh, oh, goodness. What are some of the psalms that we sing? Oh, like uh, Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I'll walk with him. So we sing that. The spiritual song or the song that the Lord gives us while we're in worship, while we're in prayer, or sometimes just at night when that, when that anointing comes at the midnight hour or at 3 o'clock in the morning when God wakes us up to sing over us, to just, just lay there on the couch or, or the bed and just start singing. How crazy is that? I mean, I mean that we have the ability to touch God through the power of the songs that we can write that we're not limited to others helping us, but God has given us that power in that anointing. We understand that when Saul had some real challenges with pride and disobedience, a lot of negative things in his life, and he embraced a demonic host, and he was tormented, and he was constantly at war. There would be moments in Saul's life when he absolutely couldn't take it anymore, and they would send for David. And David would come, and David would play that harp, and David would begin to sing. And as David played the harp and began to sing the song, the evil spirit that was tormenting Saul would leave. And that's the power of music. When I think of, when I think of church, uh, it was kind of neat today to see all three of my girls kneeling in worship and praise. That's just a, that's just a wonderful feeling of a father and, and, and later as a, as a grandfather. But I literally grew up in church, I mean, I, I pulled the gum off the bottom of the pews. I mean, that's how I cut my teeth on those, those hard wooden pews. And I, I love church. I love going to church. And when I was a child, we went to church four times a week. We had Sunday morning full out, and we had little pennies march, the birthday march, and all of that. And then Sunday night was like a rock, and that's when we were able to let our hair down and party. And Wednesday night was just a, a Bible study or lesson. And Friday night was just another night for Dad to preach. It was called the YPE Endeavor, but the YPE, uh, what, what it's young people in Christ, whoever stood for, we never had a youth service. Dad just preached at us, and so... Four times a week, I wanted to play football. My coach called my dad personally and asked if I could play. And because we had church on Friday night, my dad said, no. Do I regret that? At that time, yes. I was very angry. I ran track, which is during the day, so I could do that. But I was very angry. But now when I look, Pastor David, all these athletes are all beat up and banged up. Their knees are bad. Their elbows are bad. There's all this stuff. I, I look and realize, Jerry, that was a blessing probably that I did not play football. But I remember when we go to church on, on Sunday night, and my musical uh, talent began in third grade where my parents uh, bought me a trumpet, and I went to school, and I played for the whatever the elementary school had. And then in seventh grade, I played the first, first chair trumpet and played all the way through uh, my ninth grade, and we did games, and we did parades, and we did, and then I started playing, obviously, the, the trumpet in church, and lo and behold, as I started playing the trumpet in church, we got two more trumpet players. I said, well, how crazy is that? Here I am playing the trumpet. Now, these guys are playing the trumpet, so I got me a guitar, 
and I began to play the guitar in the, in the worship services. And then somebody, two or three started coming. One had that steel guitar thing, and one had that, that kind of that country beat thing. And so I said, well, that's crazy. Well, no one played the bass, so the church bought me a bass. So I started playing the bass. And I promise you, I had not played the bass a year that our church, my dad won a bass player to the Lord. He went on the platform, and my parents, feeling sorry for me, bought the church in Oregon. So then I went to the organ, and nobody played the organ. I played at weddings. I played at funerals. I played. I remember my cousin's wedding on the song Leaving. You know the song? Da, 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 da. Well, I didn't do that. I played Let Me Be There in Your Morning. Let Me Be There. And it worked. It, it, was, a good, it was a good fit. I loved music. I loved playing. And you know what? I promise you, she went on to be with the Lord now, but Terry Alonji and Tommy Alonji, my dad led them to the Lord someplace weird, and she was an organ player. And I promise you, God strike me down if I'm lying. So you know what I did? I got the kazoo, and I played the kazoo, and I was very good at the kazoo. And then there were two or three that they wanted to play the kazoo. And so I said, well, I'm going to the harmonica. Never really mastered the harmonica, but played. I, mean, I, got, I guess it, it was pretty good for a while. Maybe we'll do some Christmas dinner theater, maybe we'll do some stuff like that or something like that. But, but music and church has always been a way of life. It's always been more important really than anything else that I was involved in was, was, was the, the house of God. And when I think of the house of God, I got to thinking about that, that red hymnal. One of the things, let me tell you, the music today, I love it. The lyrics today, I love it. The worship, I love it. I love what the music our church does. But every once in a while, I have a little tinge of disappointment to realize that my kids didn't have, doesn't have the ability to grow up on some of the songs that I grew up with. And, and Pastor David, I actually, uh, Pastor Rhonda found me an actual red hymnal, red hymnal. And you know, something about the red, red hymnal, if you sing three verses and the chorus, the entire Bible is in those three verses. I mean, they from start to finish, and they, I, I am not exaggerating. I just, for fun, I just pulled some songs out of here. Uh, page 94 uh, is, a, is a song entitled, I'm in a new world. The Lord, oh, things have passed away. He brightens up. And here I've got uh, page 100, lift me up above the shadows, lift me up on higher ground. And then I've got, of course, the most popular altar song in the history of time. Billy Graham has led thousands of people to the Lord. And the chorus he uses is, just as I am without one plea. And then I think about send the light, the gospel light. Then I think about that song, when God dips his pen of love in my heart, I said I wouldn't tell it to a living soul. I found salvation, and he made me whole, but I found I couldn't hide the love that Jesus did impart. Because he makes me laugh and he makes me cry, sets my weary soul on fire the day God dipped his pen of love in my heart. Can I, I have a friend in the house? I have a friend in the house. I got to thinking... What a powerful, and this morning we were able, not that we did hymns, but we were able to do songs, obviously, that this church has grown up on the past 26 years. And maybe when Josh and, 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 and Chris get back, maybe we can have them do maybe like one hymn a month, just to touch and just to bless. When I think about uh, probably, again, as, as far as the world, I remember two very powerful secular movies and two serious rock bands that somewhere in their list of songs they would include Amazing Grace. They would include that song. And when you, when you think about that song, Amazing Grace, obviously powerful, powerful words. All three verses are powerful. But many of you may have never heard of the history of that song, how that song came to be. The song came to be in the late 1800s. There was a man by the name of John Newton, 
And actually, Olivia Newton-John was named after him. He had a famous name. There's a lot of Newton-Johns in England today. But he was a slave trader. And he was a very, very wealthy man. And in his adventures in London, he went to an old-fashioned Bible study permitting and gave his heart to the Lord. After he gave his heart to the Lord the next day or so, he proceeded to sell all of his ships, sold every one of them, and stopped doing the slave trade. Started preaching, started teaching, and one night walking from one place to another, he passed by a pub. And that We know it as a bar or a honky-tonk, or, but he passed by a pub, and as he's walking by, he began to reflect that no longer was he bound by alcohol, no longer was he tied to that. And while he heard the song of a, of a beer-drinking group of people, he heard the, 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 the harmony, the rhythm of the song, and he put these words to that song. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. How crazy, one of those popular songs right now in the history of the church was an old beer-drinking song. Only God could turn that around. Only God could do that. So many, so many songs come from so many different places. I remember reading the story of a, um, a young black man, very, very talented, had a lot going on, felt like that God had called him into the music ministry, and Michelle, the door opened for him to sing at a church, and he gave it his best. He sang his heart out, Pastor David. I mean, he loved the Lord. He played the, he played the keyboard, and when they were done and done with the worship, the pastor came up and handed him an envelope, an honorarium, and when he went home and opened it, and he opened it up, and Norman, it was $5. And, you know, he just all of a sudden he felt like this, that discouragement or, or not really, not, not that you're paid to do it, but, you know, that, that's attached to that. And, and he kind of discouraged and kind of, kind of just a little disappointed and just, a, just a, crying just a little bit. And he walked over to the keyboard and he declared these words. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord thy God is with thee. And Morris Chapman, that was the first song he ever wrote. And that was a song that launched his ministry today. Morris Chapman is touching the world. Do I have a friend in the house this morning? The power of music. I think about one of the songs that, that we sing that you'll hear sung quite a bit at funerals. Unfortunately, it should be sung everywhere, but the song uh, was birthed out of a really, really bad scene. There was a horrible fire in Chicago, late 1800s, a horrible fire. So a businessman there took his wife and four kids and put them on a boat, and they sailed across the ocean to get to London. On the, on the way to get to London, there was a horrible, horrible storm and he received a, a, um, a telegraph that simply said, saved alone. All four of his kids drowned in that storm. He got on that boat, headed to London to join up with his wife. He told the captain, said, when you get to the spot where that storm, would you, would you let me know, would you wake me up, sleep in a stateroom, knock at the door about 3 o'clock in the morning, it's the captain. He said, we're approaching the, the, the coordinates of where you lost your family. He walked out on the rails of that, held on to the rails of that boat. And Pastor David found something to write with, something to write on. And he said these words. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea bellows roll, whatever my course thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. 
And we see that, that even in tragedy, God could give us a song. Even in tragedy, God could give us a blessing. I, I remember um, one of my favorite songs, and I won't play it for you, but I did it one time, play it and sing it, was that the blood that will never lose its power. Incredible song. It reaches to the highest mountain. It flows, flows. Such powerful words, such powerful terminology. But the guy that wrote that song and traveled and ministered around the nation and around the world found something very wrong with his, with his throat. Marissa, he, he, his, throat his, his vocal cords would not allow him to even speak barely above a whisper. He went to the doctor. The doctor ran some tests. The doctor came in the room with a bad report. And he said, I'm sorry, I've really got some bad news. You have destroyed your vocal cords, and you will never sing again. Well, this man, that's what he did his whole life. He wrote songs. He traveled. He had a band. They went to some of the greatest churches and some of the smallest churches in the world. He went home and walked in that room. That was his music room, Pastor Con. One day, I want a music room, so I can put my kazoo next to my harmonica, next to my trumpet, and a, and a keyboard there. But he, he walks into that, he walks in that room. And he sits down at that old piano bench, and all of a sudden, he said he felt like there was, a barrage, there was a barrage. There was a host of hell that began to torment him and, and laugh at him. And in and, and his spirit, he felt like they were saying, see there, that's what you get for serving God. That's what you get for turning your life. God has abandoned you. You're nothing. You'll never sing again. And he played a chord on that piano. Pastor Connie, it was a B-flat. He played a chord on that piano and felt impressed for the first time to say these words. How can I say thanks for the things you have done for me? Things so undeserved, yet you give to prove your love for me. The voices of a million angels cannot express my gratitude. All that I am and ever hope to be, I owe it all to you. And Pastor David, as he began to declare, to God be the glory, the power of the Holy Ghost filled that room, touched that bench, that healed him. And up until just a few months ago, Andre Crouch was singing about the blood that will never lose his power. There's something special about the power of music. If you'll give me a little, little bit of music, guys. I saw, I've never seen this before, Pastor David. As I went to look up the word song or songs, uh, song or song is found 80 times in the Bible. Three times it talks about a song in the night. It talks about songs of deliverance, songs of victory, songs of blessing, songs of praise. Crazy, crazy how God has, how God has saturated the word of God with so many songs. But in 1 Kings 4 and I believe it was 16, there was a statement made that Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived. Pastor Ron, I've never said, it's all this, I've never, I've never, I know I've read it, I know it's in there, but I didn't see it until this morning. He said that Solomon had over 3,000 proverbs and 1,500 songs. That Solomon had written 1,500 songs. And I think about that, and I think about the power of music. I think about how God touches our heart and blesses our heart and how, you know, you can use that song to strategically set somebody up for a blessing or set somebody up for the blues. I do it a lot. I'll be around Christine first thing in the morning, and I might just want to play with her mind a little bit. So I'll walk down the hallway singing, Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. 
Anytime she go, and later in the day, I will hear Christine singing or humming. Same thing with Pastor Rhonda. I'll just say a little, it's, it's, it's almost hypnotic, it's almost, but there's just something about that music that we are tied to. That is a part of our, of our, our legacy, our heritage. When the, when the bombs fell and the, and the guns and all that taking place, and Francis Scott Key saw that flag, waving in the dawn hours. He said, oak sake, oak sake, can you see by the dawn's early light? Music has always been a part of us. It's always been a way of life. And there are things that we are so touched to, touched, touched by, and so enamored with, it's tough to get through one verse, one verse, without feeling the presence of God come upon us. And all of a sudden, there's a, there's a special place there. It's that presence of Jehovah. It's that altar. And I remember one of the songs that I would sing, believe it or not, when I traveled, I would play the piano saying, bless those poor churches. They endured. We survived. We made it. They never asked me to sing at their funeral or wedding, but hey, my feelings aren't all that bad. But there's a song that says, it's my desire to live for Jesus. It's my desire to live for him. Though often I failed him and brought him much shame, it's my desire to live for him. If you could see where Jesus brought me from to where I am today, then you would know the reason why I love him so. You can take this world, its earthly riches. I don't need earth's fame. It's my desire to live for him. Second verse says, it's my desire to help someone who may have struggled along the way. I, I like that. Go ahead and play it a little bit more. I might get motivated here to sing a new song. It's not necessarily a soul tie, but I think it's more of a spirit tie. I think God gives us songs and God gives us words that are lit to become a part of us and we share them, declare them. It seems like heaven just comes a lot closer. Sometimes we feel like we can't go to God. Our song brings God to us. As every head is bowed, as every eye is closed. We thank you for your presence in this house. We thank you for the freedom to sing the songs that you've given us. And they're all yours, but you put them in our heart and spirit. You actually shared heaven with us, and you've allowed angels to impress others to write so many hymns and songs. It's been a blessing. As we look at every service that we're a part of, every day that we live, music, the power of music is there. We know that when you created Lucifer, the tabret, that word in, in Hebrew means rhythm, the tabret and pipes, that every time he breathed out, every time he walked, he made a sound of praise and worship. You established all that. You established the power of praise, the power of worship. And we ask today that Revelation 5, you said that, you were going to give them a new song. Let us today sing a song of hope. Let us sing a song of blessing. Let us sing a song of prosperity. Let us sing a song of being able to help, being able to bless. Put a new song in our mouth. Put a new song in our spirit. Let us use the power of music, the power of your song to change the environment, the things that we're in, to bring you to where we are. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And they all said, what a great day. The testimonies, the songs, the worship, everything was great. We, we thank you for being a part of Harvest. Next Sunday night, this is our way of bringing your friends and loved ones to see the church in a completely different vein. It's a very good vein. It's full of fun. Every year, 
you say, I don't know how it could ever get better. But somehow, every year, just there's an icing on the cake. There's a little this, there's a little that. But it's the world's way 